Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio, my how I've missed you. Welcome back onto the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM. AM 1250 com. however you want to listen the hangover is real yep. this morning it is <laughs> welcome in we here though James Pledger, Jack Thompson, Katie Goodman we are here with you for the next 2 hours of by the way as i found out today driving into work because you know i did a whole lot of uh, prep work this morning after being out with Jack until 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> I thought I had a bad thing. <laughs> college football kickoff. Yeah. We got Welcome a big, to college football, baby. We have a Big Ten game today. We have a Big Ten game today. Nebraska takes on Northwestern in Dublin this morning at 11.30. And that is followed by at four, so three central, Illinois, Wyoming. So multiple big team, 10 teams starting the season today. So welcome to that. I had zero clue leading into the week. Yeah, I didn't know that. Question is Dublin, Ireland? Like, where did they pull that one out of? That's a good question because I know Notre Dame's done that before, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Irish Catholic School is a national brand, much like the Dallas Cowboys, to where you could drop them anywhere and it will generate ratings and revenues. And But Northwestern? Nebraska? Question mark? I don't know. Uh, team building? Uh, team field trip? <laughs> yeah, it feels uh. a lot like a field trip. Like, hey guys, we're going to Dublin. <laughs> Get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Try something new. Let's give it a go. I mean, I guess they're trying to build like football in Europe a little bit. They're trying to like create a little bit of influence. I mean, they over have there. been. They've been bringing the NFL over there. We're actually going to have games in Germany this year. Regular season NFL games in Germany, along with the games that we normally have in both Mexico and England. So. They are expanding the footprint of football, and I guess college is trying to keep up with the NFL in terms of expanding that brand, but Spurs had a couple of players. Mm-hmm. 
Name, lot, name them. A lot of people can't even <laughs> say their name. It's Alize Johnson, by hey, the way. Tommy Coos. Tommy Coos. Hey, Tommy Coos was not bad at. I get it. At He's still going to be a G Leaguer. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but they're now at 18. So the question becomes why do we have all of these players knowing. They can't keep all of these players. We'll get to that coming yeah. up. Russell Westbrook, he's got a new teammate that His I best don't. Friend. I don't. I don't know how they feel. Well, I know how they feel about each other. They've told us. Yeah. How they feel about <laughs> each other. Times. But does the bringing on of Patrick Beverly spell the end of Russell Westbrook in L.A.? And what could that mean for the Spurs? We'll talk about that coming up. The NFL preseason is wrapping up this weekend. Thoughts on what's going on, who's impressed, who hasn't, and the existential questions of to play or not to play because Tom Brady's going to play today. We saw Patrick Mahomes play this preseason. We saw Josh Allen play this preseason. Mm -hmm. We have not seen Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott play this preseason. Aaron Rodgers did not play this preseason. Is one methodology better than the other? I mean, Aaron Rodgers did win in back-to-back MVPs mm -hmm. by not playing in the preseason. So is it all that important? We'll get into that. Plus, let's face it, the biggest news in all of news when it comes to news is Tyron Smith. Yes. Tyron Smith blows uh. out his hammy and still looking at the video, I don't know how he tore the hamstring off the bone doing what he did, but he suffered an avulsion fracture, which means not only did the hamstring come off the bone, but when it came off the bone, it took a piece of bone with it. Mm-hmm. So the avulsion fracture took a piece off the bone from the knee, and he is now out until at the earliest December. What's crazy is they said he didn't even limp off the field. Like, nobody thought he was as hurt as he was, and Dak was even quoted after the fact saying he wished he had checked in on him after practice. But Exactly. Like, gosh, imagine the pain tolerance you have to have <laughs> to not feel your hamstring Rip off, off the bone? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does say something, but... Look at that man's injury history. He has no <laughs> yeah. feeling in his leg. <laughs> yeah. His credit report from says... from the neck down after that neck surgery. <laughs> there's a good possibility of that, actually. But, I mean, think about it. Athletes do crazy things like that all the time. I've seen people walk off the field regularly after tearing their their Achilles. I've seen Kobe people... shot free throws after tearing his Achilles. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people just walk off after, whether it's high school, professional, whatever. They've torn their ACL, crumpled like a piece of paper just to the ground, just fell like a house of cards, got up, walked off the court, MRI reveals torn ACL. So, I don't know. Some people's pain tolerances are just different. Yeah. Adrenaline is an amazing thing. <laughs> I don't know where mine is. <laughs> oh, man. Mine ain't like that. 
I don't know. I feel like in college, mine was pretty up there. I mean, I played through bulging discs half the time. I get it. But <laughs> also, they gave me some good stuff to play through those bulging discs. So who knows? I don't know. I mean... Apparently, there's some genetic out there. There's some gene that actually like can identify pain? if you have a high or low pain tolerance. Yeah. Really? I saw that on Twitter the other day. That's interesting. Don't ask me to quote the article or who said it. No, no. <laughs> but, I, I you need know, sources. I did see it. Okay. I'll find sources and I'll tweet them later. <laughs> but I am very intrigued by the pain tolerance thing because I've always thought I had a higher than usual pain tolerance when it came to things. I played through a lot of injuries, <laughs> a lot of injuries in high school, uh, separated shoulders, uh, broken collarbones, separated AC joints. Um, this past summer, this summer, actually, I <laughs> cracked some ribs and decided I'm not dumb riding on the inflatable tube. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the parking lot incident on that one. <laughs> oh, no. That one was fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens. I mean, when you feel your, your quads start to go, you're going to fold like a house of cards anyway. Right. Just to prevent injury, I think. Oh, for sure. It's better to hit and roll, right? <laughs> In my opinion. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, this past season with the Athenians, then or in 2021 when I played, I felt like I had some pretty good pain tolerance. And it's always after the fact. You know, it's it's it always hits. after the adrenaline when it hits, usually like within 24 to 48 hours. But when I fell and hit my head and had that severe concussion, oh, right. it didn't even register. Like, I didn't cry. It didn't hurt. It wasn't until the next day that I was like, oh, Something's I wrong. really jacked myself up. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what's the worst injury you played through, Jack? I know you've dealt with things. I don't know if I've really played through any serious injuries, but I've definitely had a bunch. <laughs> Obviously. <Yeah. laughs> I just, I remember trying, trying being the operative word. Probably like play through like a hip flexor problems would have been like the most painful thing I played through. In football, I tried playing through a separated AC joint. In basketball, I tried playing through a quad injury, which was, I, if we're saying the severity of playing through things, that was the worst. Yeah. The quad injury in basketball did not mix. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. probably be like concussions or hip flexor problems. Hip flexor problems are no joke. Yeah, they hurt. It seems minimal, but it is not. It's like It affects everything. It throws off all the muscles around the pelvis and the low back off completely i have that issue right now actually so it's no joke i know we were talking about this last night jack <laughs> fancy football starting oh yes first, <laughs> i have my first draft on sunday and i cannot wait mine's today and it's actually a first of a first for me because not only is it my first draft of the season it is the first time i'm ever going to do an auction league i've never done one of those either i am wildly intrigued by this I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I don't know exactly what kind of strategy to use going into this. Yeah. But Jimenez has brought me in on this auction league thing. And so I think I know why he's brought me in. Yeah. Because last year he noticed. You're going to target all the players he wants. 
Well, it's not targeting the players he wants. It's knowing the gems in the yeah in the rough, like late in the rounds, people that aren't going to be highly spent on probably. And I think he wants my mind for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, already strategizing. I think he's already got an idea in place of how this is going to play out. And I hear Katie is getting into her first fantasy football league yeah. this year. Nice. Yeah. First time. Lots to learn. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> I just today learned about an auction league. So yeah. that's interesting. I don't think you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. I'm just... Here for the ride this time. I mean, there are a <laughs> bunch season. of different football leagues. Oh, Jason Minnick's so gotten to a bag quarterback league, which was something that really piqued my interest, which is basically you get points on how bad your quarterback is. So you got to you got to find the worst quarterbacks in the league in a sense. Maybe that's the move. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the move for me this time. Dang. <laughs> Who would be the worst starting quarterback? Apparently, for Jason Minnix, it was Ryan Tannehill. That's absolutely not the worst starting quarterback. <laughs> not even, you know. This past year, he worked very well for Jason Minnix. Yeah, I guess this past year, he wasn't too good. But that's because all his receivers were hurt all year. I would imagine Geno Smith is going to be up on that list. Yeah, Geno Smith will be up there. Carson Wentz will probably be up there. That's a good one. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones will be up there for sure. But Daniel Jones does have Brian Dable. Yeah, that's true. Josh Allen become what he became. But he's still Daniel Jones. (laughs) No respect for Danny Dimes. Can't get away from that. No (laughs) respect for Danny Dimes. That's the worst nickname for him, man. That guy ain't throwing no dimes. Uh, Imagine how much it sucks to just be on that list. (laughs) That's, That's Danny Fumbles right there. Danny Fumbles. I like it. Nice ring. Danny trips over his feet. Yeah. <laughs> Five yards from the end zone. Oh, man. I'll never get over that video. After I saw that, I was like, this guy ain't it for the NFL, man. Well, the funniest thing about that tripping over his feet video is he also reached the highest miles per hour on StatCast. Mm-hmm. He was basically outrunning his own. <laughs> so of all players tracked during the NFL last year, Danny Dimes ran the fastest at one point, but lost his footing and tripped over the five-yard line. Oh, <laughs> Can't have it all, I guess. <laughs> um, if you're talking bad quarterback league, do you... Oh, maybe Justin Fields. Justin Fields. That's going to be an ugly Davis team. Mills. Mariota. Marcus Mariota is a good one. I look around the league, and not everybody's stacked at quarterback. Jared Goff? Yeah. Although, has Hard Knocks got you buying in on the Lions? I wouldn't say buying in because they're still the Detroit Lions. I mean, you're in, though. Yeah, I like Hard Knocks a lot. I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan now. It's it's a very entertaining show. And, yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll take a good step. They have an awesome coaching staff, too. I love their coaching staff. One of the guys I've loved was he was a – Defensive backs coach in New Orleans and has been an assistant DB's coach. Aaron Glenn is the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator, is my guy. I love AG. AG was somebody who was with the Texans early on in, or later on in his career, actually. He was started with the Jets. The Texans ended up using him in the expansion draft and selecting him. 
and he was always one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's awesome. They got Deuce Staley too, which is pretty. Yeah, sick. they got a lot of former players on that staff, yeah, they which really is do. sick. And who was their who was their wide receiver coach? Well, it's not Heinz Ward because he's the head coach. Oh, it's of, Antoine Randall L. That's right. That's another Steeler, man. Though. That's super cool. But I know Heinz Ward's going to be the head coach of the XFL team here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. which is going to be dope. I mean, I look at the Lions, and I hope for the best. For well, them. they have great skill positions, like Swift, yeah, Jamal, yeah, Williams, Swift Jamal Williams, Hawkinson. Amon Ross, St. Brown. They Jameson bring in Williams. They bring in DJ Chark, who's coming off a down year with a with a really bad quarterback. Oh, you uh, see, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. I pr- have well, yeah, to make a jump. He's going to make a jump now because last year it was just well, a was whirlwind of terrible decisions by that. Leading off with the Urban Meyer as head coach. Yeah, so he's definitely going to take a jump. There's no doubt about that, but. Yeah, they they got some they got some guys over there for sure, and then Aiden Hutchinson coming in, starting to lead that team. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be a they'll be a fun team at least. They're not gonna be an easy team to beat. They're just gonna give you their all. They after. weren't easy last year, despite their record. That was yeah. a tough out for a lot of teams. Yeah, for sure. And Swift has all the talent to be the best running back in the league. It all boils down to health with him. Yep, it does. Speaking of health, one guy who has a tough time staying healthy is Tyron Smith. We're going to talk about that injury and what it means for the Dallas Cowboys coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, and sasportstar.com. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! The Dallas Cowboys play here. Touchdown, Dallas! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM, and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM on SASportsStar.com. I'm James Fletcher. I'm joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up? We look at the Dallas Cowboys front to back because we're at the home of the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm trying to get my head around what's been going on with Tyron Smith, because A, the injury is significant. When you take the hamstring off the bone, which causes an abulsion fracture in the back of your knee, that seems excessive in terms of rehab. Oh, yeah. December actually kind of sounds early for him, if we're being honest. Yeah. But the biggest question that is raised is the Dallas Cowboys had a plan in place. They had history to look back on. They decided they were good at at tackle. And by all accounts, they still feel like they're good at tackle. As Jerry Jones told Stephen A. on first take this week, Tyron's injury is just a setback. It's a setback, uh, but anybody will tell you one of the things about this game, uh, for the best uh, and really for the opportunity of the unproven, 
is that, uh, boy, you've got to take what you dealt and go on with it. Uh, we've got some good options here. Uh, we've got a team around him. We've got a defense that's uh, probably as strong as we've had in a lot of years. So we've got a lot of ways not to make up for not having him, but to go on without him. And so, yes, I think we can do it, but let me tell you something. Uh, NFL season is two and a half college seasons long when it comes to games. Yes. Two and a half That's college. Right. That's right. You start as a freshman and finish up when you're in the middle That's of your right. junior year. <laughs> That's what I told right. him. I That's said, right. I don't want any excuses. He'll be back in time for when it really, really counts. The guy that's wet behind the ear are the old uh, upperclassmen. Okay. Yeah. That got crippled all of a sudden right. <laughs> on the campus. Right. Can be a different guy at the end of the school year. That's the way pro football is, and we'll have him, and we'll have him at the right time. We'll have him in that San Francisco game, the equivalent of it that we had last year, and uh, maybe we won't uh, fall short. That San Francisco game being the divisional round of the playoffs, saying he will be back in time for the playoffs. Jack, as the Cowboys fan on this program, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people trying to spin what Jerry Jones is spinning. This isn't a big deal. Are you in that boat? Is this injury not a big deal? It's it's not a big deal in the fact that we knew at some point this was coming. But every time he goes down, it turns it, into a big it. deal. Yeah, I know. But it, I'm also on the side of the fence where I'm glad it's now. Because we can get people ready right now, at least mm-hmm. more ready than we could if it happened, you know, six weeks into the season, and those guys haven't been taking the first team reps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it also gives us the chance, you know, 53 men rosters are being cut down here shortly. It's going to be a lot of people that fall by the wayside. So that gives you a chance huge. to bring in people early and let them get used to, you know, things on the Cowboys side. So, while it's a big deal that we're losing, you know, an anchor of our offensive line on the left side, we knew it was coming. We've drafted his replacement. And it also gives you time to get people acquainted and accustomed to, if you bring them in, what we what the Cowboys do. So, it's going to suck for sure, like. There's no doubt about that. We are obviously so much better when Tyron is healthy and playing on the field. But, you know, like Jerry said, you got to play the hand you're dealt when you're dealt it. So we just got to move forward and take our lumps and see what happens. But The most important thing you said there is we drafted his replacement. Yeah. Do you think they kicked Tyler Smith outside? I would think so. Because McGovern was already taking that guard spot, which is where we were trying to get Tyler Smith, you know, like NFL acclimated. But McGovern already is. He has started in that position before, so he's taking the spot. So you might as well just throw Tyler out there and you deal with the lumps that come along with it. But, yeah, I believe he was definitely drafted as his replacement. There's a couple of guys on the roster that I think can also fill that space. We've got Josh Ball, Matt Willetsko, Terrence Steele, and then there's also free agency. So there's a lot of options, and like mm-hmm. Jack said, it's early enough to where 
they can kind of sort things out. And because of all of his injuries, you're, you're right. They have played without him quite a bit. So I think they know what to expect and they just have a plan in place because they know what his body can handle. I he's starting to break down more, you know. I would love to think that they have a plan in place. I don't think they have a plan. But all their moves <laughs> feel like they don't have a plan no. in place because if you've known Tyron Smith's injury history, which he hasn't had a full season, if we're being honest, since 2015, yeah, and finished a season, you would have planned better for the inevitable we're going to lose Tyron Smith at some point because every mm -hmm. year it happens, yeah. they are seemingly caught off guard, mm -hmm. ill-prepared, and the offense struggles because of the loss of Tyron Smith. Now, the fact that they drafted somebody that can basically, hopefully, be his replacement down the line, yeah. that's a little bit better than the alternative yeah. of not having anything in place and relying on whether it's Josh Ball or Matt Walesko, which are late-round draft picks, and Walesko, a rookie this year, we've seen absolutely nothing from him. Yeah, he's barely played. He was, he's, he's been hurt. hurt. Yeah, Josh Ball, which you have seen, Has hasn't been great. No, he's not looked good. <laughs> but luckily with the roster cutdowns, you have a chance to maybe find some at least insurance. Help. Yeah, some help. And there are a couple of guys out there, whether it's Eric Fisher mm -hmm. or a guy that has given the Cowboys problems throughout his career, Jason Peters. Mm -hmm. I understand that he's 40 years old. And, I mean, they reached out to a 40-year-old already, though. Yeah. And Andrew Whitworth, as he announced on Thursday Night Football in the Texans game this week. So what's one 40-year-old different from another 40-year-old? Both of them were all pros. Both of them has played extremely high levels. Mm -hmm. So if you're reaching out to one, while Whitworth may be the more expensive of the two, I do think Jason Peters would be a nice break glass in case of emergency option for them. So where do you draw the line with a player like Tyron, who just is constantly injured? That is a Fantastic question, because when healthy, he is one of the best. A fantastic player. He's dominant. Great place to be in. Great but position to be in. The fact that he is never healthy leads you to does his production match his salary? Mm -hmm. And in in my, my mind, no. Just because one of the most important abilities, as we've heard throughout all the sports and all of our lives, is availability. Yeah. Tyron Smith's availability has not been great. And when you're paid as one of the top offensive tackles in the league, availability is a part of that contract. You are not fulfilling part of that contract in terms of just being on the field. I understand injuries happen. It's a physical sport, but there's a clear re reoccurrence for him. Seven straight years of missing at least three games or more. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse as he gets older. And he is older. Yeah. 
which is the issue. And I understand that he is a Dallas Cowboy legend. But at what point do you say goodbye to a legend? Every team has to cross that bridge at some point in time. Yep. Right. I think the Dallas Cowboys are standing on the edge of that cliff trying to figure out whether they need to cross it or not. Mm-hmm. According to Ezekiel Elliott, when he hurt himself in practice, it was hard to readjust. Like, I mean, that that's how much of a presence he is on the field to them. Well, I mean, if we're talking about guys that are hurt all the time. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. He's one of those. He's one of those guys as well in terms of it's always the injury after the season we hear about. Mm-hmm. It is a lack of production, constant criticism followed by well Zeke was playing through a torn PCL right well then why did you have him in so much yeah (laughs) like that's the other question why were you forced when Tony Pollard is more than capable Mm -hmm. to carry more of the load well he's a great blocker do you think all these injuries are an organizational issue like with just not prepping properly in preseason, and or is it just part of the game? It's part I, I, of the I game. think it's part of the game. I really don't want to put it on organizations when it comes to injuries because they are such freak occurrences, and it's just a hard thing to plan for. Like Bernard Pollard going into Tom Brady's knee, couldn't plan for that. Change the rules of the game. You can't go at quarterback's knees anymore, but is a freak occurrence. A Odell Beckham just planting and his knee giving out in the Super Bowl, that is something that you can't really adjust for. It's not a lack of preparation. It's not a lack of conditioning. It is just the body at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. Age definitely has a factor. Wear and tear has a factor, but... You know, you you can't help but, like, think about your strength coaches, especially if there's reoccurring Mm -hmm. injuries that are similar amongst players. That's when you begin to look at your strength coach and think, okay, are you guys just not doing enough for, you know, neck health, spine health, or, you know, building strength between your quads and hamstrings I would love to be able to finger point and be like, this is a systemic issue throughout (laughs) the Cowboys, but it's... It's always something different, especially with like Tyron. This time it's the hamstring, yeah. or it's an ankle. He's dealt with neck injuries. Uh, like it's always just a nagging injury here or there, but it's never quite the same injury. And as we all know, there is, you know, you have a bad ankle, you favor one leg, all of a sudden the other leg goes out. Yep, because you're trying to play through something that is causing strife within your body. Right. It's tough. It sucks. But at some point you have to look at Tyron Smith and go, does the production equal the value? And I think they're getting to a point with Tyron Smith where it doesn't, which is why they probably drafted Tyler Smith this year in the draft, knowing his Health crisis? <laughs> yeah, crisis. Is it crisis? Yeah. Is that crisis management? <laughs> but I am with you, Jack. I think a, 
you probably kick Tyler outside. McGovern was already the starter at yeah. guard. Mm-hmm. So you keep him there, and you hit the 53 cutdowns as hard as you can. Agreed. Uh, there are a lot of talks about whether you trade for Laramie Tunsil and give up a future first, or trade for Isaiah Wynn, or try and bring somebody in via trade. I don't know if that's the best possible outcome. Yeah, I'm not trying to give up a first. Exactly. Like, you want to covet those draft picks, and the Cowboys do covet these draft picks for the most part. The one time that they overpaid for something, they were in a very similar situation, though. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fair. They came into a season thinking, Dak Prescott's our quarterback. Tom Brady does it with a whole bunch of nobodies. We're going to make Dak Prescott do it with Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley. And um, can you remember any of the other receivers from that year? Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams was one of them. Um, It didn't work. And halfway through the season, they overpaid for Amari Cooper. Yeah. They also don't have a huge budget left over either. I think part of what they have left, from what I've read, they're trying to save for the practice team and call-ups throughout the season. I mean, you can say that you're saving it for the practice team and call-ups, but the truth be told is the Cowboys have one of the better cap situations in all of the NFL going Mm -hmm. into the season in terms of teams that are vying for an actual Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, of course... The Texans have a whole lot of cap space, but that's by design. They're yeah. not supposed to be good. The Cowboys have, I want to say, a top 5-10 cap situation heading into the season because they didn't do anything in free agency. They didn't pay anybody. They tell us because they're saving it to pay Micah, Mike, and Trey. Micah, Trayvon, whoever it may be, but they're all... Down the road. CD going to get paid soon, too. But, yeah, it's, those are all two, three, three years, years away. years down the road. Yeah. So I understand what they're saying, but it doesn't make sense to me because and it's the it Cowboys is so far away. And worth $8 billion. I think they can find money. And there's a, <laughs> Well, look at the Los Angeles Rams. There's always money in the cushions, exactly. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star. Russell Westbrook. He has a new teammate. Does that mean he's on his way out? And could San Antonio be a part of that issue? Please, no. (laughs) We know Jack's thoughts. We'll find out (laughs) what Katie thinks in a little bit. And what would be a trade you'd like to see? A lot has been thrown, a lot of spaghetti thrown on the wall in the offseason. We'll break down some of it coming up right here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. This is Jason Lennox on your home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star at ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. I got a good feeling about this show. This is Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM. I'm telling you, every once in a while, I have some music in here. Just to kind of get us up for it. No big deal, just raging at like 7 a.m. Hey, 741, hey. sometimes you gotta rage. Hey, we were raging four <laughs> hours ago, so might as well keep it going. <laughs> keep the party going, baby. The San Antonio Spurs are in the middle of a massive project. It is called a rebuild. A lot of people thought we would never get here, 
but here we are. Everyone gets here. That's there are a lot of Spurs fans that are delusional yes. that never thought they were going to be falling to this. Yeah, I mean, look what look what the Lakers went through before they got Braun. Like exactly. they were way worse than we are right now. Yes, <laughs> they were starting Robert Sacre at center. I was unaware until I saw something last night that that basically said poor Kwame Brown. Yeah. You had to deal with this and it shows Jordan berating him yep. and then Kobe berating him. Yep. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. No wonder that guy didn't pan out. I was unaware that he ended up playing for both of the Jordan mentality type players mm-hmm. in his career. So Russell Westbrook reports are, I believe Nick Wright said yesterday on first things first that a trade is almost done for Russell Westbrook. Now that they have acquired Patrick Beverly, because those two are such good friends. Mm-hmm. Best buds. Best buds. <laughs> the best of buds. Um, that would send Russell Westbrook, whether it's to Utah or San Antonio, because those are two teams that, A, have the cap space to absorb a Russell Westbrook contract, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing when trying to ship him off, but also are in a position that could bring him in, and it doesn't affect the plan of the team going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And that plan is not to win. Mm-hmm. If we're being honest. It's, yeah. I want to go O in 82. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just commit. To I would actually commit. Dude, that would be the first ever O in 82 team. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could be in the record books. Yeah. Not only do you have the most winning seasons of any team we ever. We also have the worst. The worst <laughs> season of any team. I like where your Just head's at, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Kind of like Minnick's uh, worst quarterbacks list. I know, like right? it. Yeah. Can we put together the worst basketball team of all time? I think so. <laughs> it's, we'll start Doug at the one. <laughs> Who will play the two? Apparently, though. At least Johnson will be the two. <laughs> because you Just have to match. You really want to be the one. You have to match salaries up to, what is it, 80%, I think? Yeah. 75, 80%. Mm-hmm. Likely, Doug would be gone. I, I hope so. Likely, Josh Richardson would be gone, I would imagine. Probably. I like Josh Richardson a lot, though. He I do. really fit in. I do, he's too. A, like, spur, he's a, when you talk about players, like he's a spur. Like, but Josh when you got to make it work. No, yeah, for sure. And if you're doing this, let's face yeah, it. do it right. It's for the future yeah. first. No, for sure. That you would acquire in this deal. Or whether sure. it's 27 or 29, whichever first the Lakers end up giving up, mm-hmm. you're doing it for the future first round pick to help solidify this rebuild. Yeah. And possibly Jakob Pertle. Those are the three high outside of Keldon, which not going anywhere. No. I don't think. no, 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 no. You're looking for the guys on expiring contracts like Jakob Pertle, a, a bigger deal that like Doug McDermott that, fulfills a need for the Lakers in terms of shooting, surrounding Mm -hmm. LeBron with shooters, something they didn't do last year, which is 
why we all looked at that team, me and you specifically, and went, this team doesn't make sense. No. They've LeBron throughout his entire career has just been surrounded by shooters. Mm-hmm. And this year you're not going to do have, that? You don't have one? Not one. Not one legit shooter. Yeah, I don't know. So McDermott would definitely be a part of this deal. Yeah. Oh, Just yeah. to make the salary match and because it satiates a need. Mm-hmm. So Yach, at least Yach and McDermott. You might have to do Richardson just to make the money work because... Russ Westbrook is on that Supermax deal that blows up to $46 million in his final year. I know. It's just a whole lot of money. Jeez, yeah. It's, taking that on just would suck. But, but if they give us the two firsts they were trying to give up for Kyrie, makes it a little story. more manageable, yeah. All of a sudden it becomes palatable, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. That got me thinking, though. And other organizations thinking, whether it's the heavy or Bleacher Report or whatever it may be. Trades happen, and the closer we get to the season, the more likely some of these things become reality. And mm-hmm. it, it, the closer we become to the trade deadline, a lot closer these things come to happening. There are a list off of multiple websites in the first couple of years, or the last couple of days, I mean, that I've just kind of, I've bullet pointed. And I wanted to bring these trades to your attention to tell me what you think of them. Mm-hmm. The first would be the, and this was the headline, the Warriors go all in on rim protection. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs will receive James Wiseman while the Golden State Warriors got Jakob Pertle and a first round pick. Wiseman fits the rebuild though. For sure. Former number two overall pick. He is the bouncy big that we have coveted. And he looked pretty good in the summer league. No. Yeah, for sure. But like we were talking about last segment with Tyron, availability. He has not been available. Whether you're talking about high school, whether you're talking about Memphis. Whether you're talking about in the NBA, he has been consistently injured. Jack? Of the trades that you've outlined, this is the one that certainly intrigues me the most. It's intriguing, right? Yeah. I mean, bringing in Wiseman, you fish the timeline. He's, you know, number one overall pick, two all. I don't remember exactly where he fell, but. And you have firsts that aren't yours that you could give away that yeah. are later in the draft. Yeah, exactly. So this one of the ones that are on here, I lean towards the most for sure. Because he's got, you know, superstar, all-star potential. A lot of untapped potential there. Seven foot, can shoot threes, mm-hmm. runs the floor, dunks on anyone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would love to get Wiseman. That would be That would be great. Also available, and this is only one of the Charlotte trades, the Charlotte Hornets, which we have heard before, interested in Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. I know they drafted Marcus Williams, or Mark Williams in the draft, but he's a rookie, and you probably don't trust him to, if this is truly going to be a team to make a playoff push with 
LaMelo Ball, you want a veteran big man that can defend the rim, right? Yeah, certainly. So the Jakob Pertl rumors persist with the Charlotte Hornets, and in this case, the Spurs will receive for Jakob, P.J. Washington, we've professed our love for him. Yeah, but we kind of got him. We just signed him and Isaiah Roby. Mm-hmm. Same player. Literally, I just looked it up. The same stats last year. They were both 10-5-2. Kai Jones. He, that intrigues me. And a 2023 second-round pick. If you bump that up to a first, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you Doug or Jason, Jay Rich. Who else is on that roster? I would honestly, I would take Mark Williams over P.J. Well, Washington. Obviously, but if we're giving pick, up Jacob, though. But ja- a draft pick you can't trade until later in the season. That's true. That's true. Okay. You don't like that one? How about this Hornets one? San Antonio Spurs send out Jakob Pertl and Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you got to give up two pieces. But in return... You get Mason Plumley, PJ Washington, and James Booknight. <laughs> I know I, I got you a Booknight. I like Booknight, but I think we just we literally I think we just drafted him in Blake Wesley. Very okay. similar player. That's fair. Very similar player. And again, I told you PJ Washington, we just signed him. Mm-hmm. With Isaiah Roby. Yeah. And he is my favorite signing this offseason, yeah. if we're being honest. So, this one, it doesn't... And there's no firsts in this. Neither... The only guy on that team, or that trade that fits the timeline wouldn't be Book Knight. But we just drafted him. So, mm-hmm. not not very intrigued by that one. Anything we do has to come back with picks. Okay. So, this is one... This involves my team. The Houston Rockets. And I just this put one on there I like. Because it caught my attention in a way that I didn't expect it to. The Houston Rockets make a trade for Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. In doing so, they give up Aaron Gordon. Easy. KPJ. Easy. Kenyon Martin Jr. Easier. Usman, uh, Usman Gabura. Easiest. <laughs> and one, two... Three, four future firsts. Most of them aren't their own. Yeah. Milwaukee's, Brooklyn's, and their own all the way out in 2028. But you get to keep your first round pick this year. Yeah. Both, all three of your first round picks this year, mm-hmm. by the way. You get to keep Jabari Smith, uh, Tari Eason, and Ty Ty Washington. You get to keep Josh Christopher. You get to keep Jaylen. what should have been the rookie of the year, Jalen Green. And Alperin Shingun. No, that's a that's a fantastic deal. The only way, the only reason I would not want that to happen, is because suddenly the Rockets are good. Well, not even that. The Jazz are worse than we are. <laughs> I see We're you working. I okay. see you working, yeah. Jack. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, I think Jalen Green and Donovan Mitchell would be a fantastic duo. Backcourt. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so dynamic and athletic, but no, I can't I can't let that happen because we need to be the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> Sorry. 
That's fair. I'm liking, I, I'm liking your enthusiasm to lose. I've been on the tank train for years <laughs> We've now. been there. Yes. We've been wanting to tear this thing down for a couple of years. Yes. Because it would have expedited the pain that we're in. Yes. We exactly. we would be on the other side of it by now. Much like the Rockets, you're you're no longer as especially when you're dealing with trades like this, you're no longer looking into the rebuild and how to get a top pick. You're looking to transition out of yeah. it now. And if we had done it, you know, two seasons ago, we could have Cade Cunningham. If we did it last season, we could have Paulo Bancaro or Jabari. Like mm-hmm. So hopefully we do it right this year and we can get us some Victor Wimbanyana. Or you could have had Chet Holmgren. Well, yeah. We probably would have freaking drafted him, too. And that brings up an interesting social experiment, which we'll get to on the other side here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. To play or not to play, whether it's the preseason or whether it's a pro-am, professional athletes putting their bodies at risk before games matter. Should they? We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, the Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into the second hour of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250, SASportsStar.com. I'm James Pledger. I am joined, as always, by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. You can follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. She is at Katie. I'm Katie Goodman. I am Katie Goodman. (laughs) Exactly. Because I am. And I'm just, I am. They just don't let you have apostrophes in your Twitter. I am Pledger. Yeah. Which is... You know, I get a lot of issues with that. I I think I should have just committed to the I am because everybody who types it in types in I am instead of I'm. I don't know if it's a pronunciation thing. See, I had I had the problem that Jack has with his right now. I used to have an underscore in mine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, underscores. Are underscores are the worst. Scares. And RJ Ocho was always on me about the underscore in my Twitter handle, and I finally got rid of it. Can you just change it? Yeah. I'm going to change it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way to be proactive. I mean, he's in. He's just taking on the day today. He he saw a challenge. He accepted it. And all of a sudden, we will have a new Jack Thompson Twitter handle. Don't go to Jack underscore Thompson 33 yeah. anymore. <laughs> Because that is soon to change. I don't know what he's doing to change it, but we will find out. Maybe it's going to be Hoop God 33. Oh, hey. Spurs fail 33. How do you? Tank train 33. You go to the edit. Edit. You can do this. And you should be able to change your. It's just like. Who else changes their Twitter handle? Live mid show. <laughs> I mean, nobody. That's you're not getting this I anywhere s- else. Yeah. I don't see where That's to change it. Um, hold on. I can ex- I can absolutely tell you exactly where to change it because I've done this before. Same. So, once you go into Twitter, and let me get on my profile real quick. 
Yeah, we're all here. We're all committing. Yeah, okay. we're committed to this. So you go to your, your profile. profile. Yeah. You go to edit profile. Mm -hmm. But it's just the name, your bio, your location. That is true. Maybe you can only do it online. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that'll happen later then. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. So everybody. not mid-show. <laughs> yeah. So still go to Jack. I mean, technically you can still, yeah, follow him. Still go to Jack underscore Thompson 33. But maybe later that's going to change. We'll figure it out. Hoop God 33 coming at you. <laughs> I don't care what you call him, but you better call him champion. Yes. <laughs> Because he's added another trophy to his wall since we were last on air. Oh, hey. Right? What trophy is this? Is it a karaoke trophy? Oh, you're talking about the... Uh, I'm talking about the, the defending alumni? champion. Yeah, our alumni turned out. We've been on air since then, but yes. <laughs> back to back, baby. Hey, after a couple of weeks, you kind of get sketchy on what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All blends together. <laughs> but... We just got done talking about the NBA a little bit ago and the Spurs and the tank and the process and everything that's going on. Well, part of that Spurs coaching tree is off to the conference finals as Becky Hammond and your Las Vegas Aces, formerly the San Antonio Stars, by the way. They take on Sue Bird and the Seattle Storm tomorrow at 3. Awesome. That's super awesome. By the way, Becky Hammond, your WNBA Coach of the Year. Yep. I'm surprised it wasn't unanimous. Becky Hammond. I am also I very surprised. She only got 27 of 56 votes from the sports media writers. That shocked me because they have the best record in the league. They're the number one seed in the WNBA. And she is already into the conference finals in her first season as head coach, Kelsey Plum has made this incredible mm -hmm. leap forward under Becky. Asia Wilson, like th this team, yeah, is just playing on a different level. Oh yeah, Plum I, and Asia were. I think I saw the first duo in WNBA history to each score like it was either five hundred or seven hundred plus points in a season. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible the the amount of points that they scored, the record that they have. Like the fact that she only got twenty seven of the fifty six actually kind of shocks me. Mm -hmm. But She's that is an incredible, incredible storyline because you're talking about Becky Hammond overtaking what she's uh, done this season with those Las Vegas Aces, and then you got. The Seattle Storm, mm -hmm. Sue Bird's swan song. I wanted this to be the WNBA Finals, not the conference final. Yeah, for sure. Like I feel like I'm being robbed of a particular moment mm -hmm. because this is happening as early in the playoffs as it is. And I'm, I say early, they're one series away from the actual WNBA Finals. But, but it's also like you're getting a little bit of the playoffs early. And I, I always love when... It feels like a playoff game, even when it's not quite there yet. But it is a playoff game. We're still in the playoffs. This is the second round. So the first round finished up last week. These are the and semis. This, yeah. yeah well, the it's the semis, the finals. Uh, they don't have conferences, I guess, yeah. which is what makes this the semis. Mm -hmm. um, but 
what bothers me about this is the fact that these two teams finished up Saturday and Sunday, respectively, and they aren't playing until tomorrow. Like, they've had an entire week off mm-hmm. in between series. Yeah. And I feel like that does, as a, if you're trying to grow the game, this does it a disservice. Yeah. Having an entire week off leading up to this game. And I've been trying to keep it in the – me and Rudy have been talking about it all week on mm-hmm. R&R in the morning because, like, it's huge. It's Becky. Yeah. It's Sue. Sue. Yeah. It is incredible. This is the storyline that we want. But we've been trying to keep it in everybody's consciousness because it's a week away. Yeah. Like, it feels so far away from when they last played. It's like just trying to keep everybody's attention span. And that's a that's a detriment because yeah, you look it's at it's a disservice for sure. Even in the even in the NBA, like the finals go on like maybe a four game hiatus in between mm-hmm. the conference and the NBA. It's just travel time. And that's another thing is the the horribleness of the one no. In the WNBA they do two one. Yeah. So the the team with the better record gets the first two games at home. But if you drop even one of those games, all of a sudden you're playing a closeout game on the road. Yeah. Which also feels like a disservice. Yeah. It should be best of five. Even if it's best of three, it should be one one one. Yeah. I still think it should be five though. Like best of three, that's I feel like that's just so fast. It is. It's incredibly fast. Yeah. But remember, the first round of the NBA playoffs also used to be five. Yeah. So it's best of five now, Mm -hmm. starting tomorrow in the conference Mm -hmm. finals. Yeah, yeah. Or in the semifinals. And then the WNBA finals will actually be a best of five as well. Yeah. We also got good news in terms of at least furthering the women's brand. The NCAA tournament for the first time ever, for the women, will be televised on ABC this coming year. Nice. That's huge. I can't wait to watch Caitlin Clark rip that league up. (laughs) I have never... I thought Sabrina Ionescu was like the best young player that I had seen in college women's basketball. But man, the things that Caitlin Clark does on the court... Steffish. Yes. She one step past half court pull up. No big deal. Like it's crazy. And it sucks because And poor I Paige. I think we'd too. all love to see Oh, poor Paige. Caitlin Clark and Iowa play Yukon because we'd like to see Caitlin Clark take on Paige Bukers. But Paige blew out her knee yeah. in a pickup game and mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought this up because this brings a further question between Paige Buker's blown out ACL in a pickup game which will cost her the upcoming season Chet Holmgren suffering a Liz Frank injury the number two overall pick in the NBA draft in a pro-am I and feel like that's worse than a pickup game NBA players <laughs> it, it almost does NBA players, how do you feel about them? Because we see this 
through it, whether it's at Rucker Park, mm-hmm. whether it is these pro-ams open no, yeah. in Seattle, whether it is the Drew League, whatever we do, we see these guys mm-hmm. playing basketball all off season. Yeah. More so than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Against Joe Blow off the couch yeah. in a lot of instances. Now, I know Chet Holmgren was trying to chase down LeBron James, but it wasn't just pros on the court. Yeah. I feel like anytime you're a professional and you go and you play with people who aren't professionals, you're targeted. Like, in, Oh, yeah. Especially when you're playing at a lower level. Like, I don't a lot think of those, it's targeted. Only option is to be physical with this person who has really good individual talent. You know, like, you see that in soccer all the time. Like, if there's a star player, they're going to get fouled all the time. See, I don't think it's so much targeted is you're you're looking for your moment of glory, yeah. right? Yeah, like, you're, yeah I, I agree with that. Like, like, I'm trying to close out on LeBron James, even though my 5'10 ass can't get a hand in his to affect his shot. I'm trying to get up in his face and do and, something. And that's to and me in is targeting. That, that to me is targeting because you're trying to so, point. And in doing so, I get my foot accidentally up under his foot right. and roll his ankle because I'm taking this way yeah. more serious yeah. than exactly. it should be. Exactly. You're becoming overly aggressive to prove a point and you're just letting it get away from you and and like everybody wants to be the best player. So that to me is a target. No, I I didn't I don't know why in the hell they were letting and Chet Holmgren guaranteed, play. They're guaranteed contracts by the way in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. Mhm. There should be a rule against that, I think. Well, I don't know if there should be a rule against it because I feel like other players, like I saw a video of Max Struess playing, Mm -hmm. and he was murdering people. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's that's not going to make or break your season if you lose Max Struess. No. But, but they can play against other pros. No, like, they should play in the pro in the runs. Off-season. Yeah, and the pro and the Rico Hines pro runs. That's what they should be playing in, not in the crossover league with the guys that just you know left Foot Locker three hours ago. <laughs> Is Foot Locker still a thing? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay, I didn't know. The internet's phasing out a lot of these uh, yeah. box stores. So no, yeah. I didn't know Foot Locker was still. Foot a Locker thing. is indeed a thing. Okay. But no, as there's just certain players that there's a tier in the NBA that once you're in it, sorry, bud, you're you're not playing with those. LeBron James should not be playing in a pro am. No, he should not. But also, who the hell is gonna hurt LeBron? <laughs> uh, Man's a d- tank. It, I I get it, but you get your foot up under him. No, for sure. <laughs> like always, a risk. That is the risk. It's and like, but why even assume the risk? You know. Unless you're you're somebody who needs more confidence, you know, and you just need to go into that lower league. For but a at that point, do you need confidence? Back? Those players. If you're in the league, you better not be searching for confidence against those guys, right? <laughs> you should like be busting guys, those guys. I feel like these guys. Well, that's have, what I, well, have that's their what I mean. On. Like because you know you're going to go into this league and bust these guys, and that's going to automatically build your confidence. Like how many players get tunnel vision being at the highest level? You know, because they're amongst people who are really good. Sometimes you forget how good you are until you go and play against people who aren't that good. I feel like that does you no good. That's like an injustice to you, though. It's like, a mental I- thing more than anything. It's mental. It's not going to help you become better physically, but mentally. And I say this because it's happened to me personally as an athlete. 
I just, go to college, everybody's mm. good, and you're like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to compete? Eventually it gets into your head, you start to get weird, you're not playing your game, then you come back home and you play a couple of pickup games, you maybe play a couple pro-am games, and you're like, ah, oh, like I forgot who I was. You know, like what am I, like why don't I try this against these players, but I'll try, you know, why won't I try this fake move or, mm. you know, all of these, you know, crazy plays against a higher level like I might at a lower level, and I think that's, Probably, like, for me, literally the only benefit of playing in a pro-am league. Because why else would you if you're already getting paid at a professional level? There's literally no other reason. I'm kind of on the flip side of that. Because if you're down on your confidence and you go play against some, you know, guys that are not pros and you, you, you kill them, how... I just feel like it's not going to change anything when you go back to the next level because you're, you're automatically so against the yeah, guys that were giving you, you just trouble. Get your butt in the gym and it just reps, 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 and that's how you build your confidence. Not, not playing against Joe Smo from you know office nine both. to five. I think it's both. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I no. think you have to get in the gym and you know, like you said, get reps, muscle memory, build that confidence in that way. But I think. You can do it both ways. And the problem is, everybody's different. But the truth of the matter is, LeBron James doesn't need to be no. building his confidence. Right. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> he doesn't have a confidence issue. Like, that's very clear. Exactly. That's very clear. But that, that's no the point of why is $50 million worth of merchandise risking right. a possible injury... That could cost you your entire season. Yeah. There's a thousand percent you... other ways to build confidence. And I agree that oh, it was a bad decision to I think play just... there. But for the most part, I don't like... think it's about confidence. I think this is just love of the game. Like LeBron just loves the game and he wants to play and he's going to play in every instance that he can. It's also like you're making these people that you're playing against, like, it's the best moment of their life. Exactly. I'm playing against LeBron. Well, think so of would the, you say it's a PR move? It's a PR move for the game. Like, there are people that go to these Pro-Am games for $10 tickets that may never have the chance and this one was, to I believe, see LeBron. This one was, I believe, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, it was the pro. crossover, yeah. So, he, so it's, former, it's former pro. Mm-hmm. Or is he still, has he retired? Is I don't think he's officially player? retired, but he hasn't been in the league for at least... Two, two years. years, yeah. But I mean, it's it's good for the the game itself of basketball. What the attention it brings, you know. Like I Absolutely. said, you're you're making these people's lives by this. The little kids that go to these program games to see LeBron. That you know, you're never gonna get to see LeBron in a tiny gym. Like yeah, it's incredible. Ever. Yeah. So that part of it is amazing, but. Risking your your body is especially like it's not worth the risk. No, LeBron, that's different. LeBron's been playing for fifty years already. So. I get it, but, but let's. What are you, Chet? What are you doing, but let's man? Let's spin it in what a way that San Antonio would understand it. The Spurs are in the middle of their championship window, or at the end of it. Mm-hmm. They just lost to the Heat. They're getting ready to run it back for that. For that redemption title that they won in 2014 yeah 
Tim Duncan's playing a pickup game out in, you know, wherever America. Yeah. Blows out his knee. All of a sudden, season's over. You'd have to put me in a mental hospital, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be devastated. That's why I don't know why their coaches even let them do it. It's not even the coaches. It's the, well, it's well, the league. It's like Michael, sanctioned by the league that they can play. Michael Jordan had, and this kind of changed everything, A, it was called for for the love of the game clause in his contract mm-hmm. when he was, because he didn't want to be stopped from playing basketball. Play anywhere, anytime yeah. that he wanted. Wow. And I think it's just kind of been adopted because you see KD playing these events. You yeah. see players play. They yeah. want to play. The issue is who they're playing you against play in my mind. people on your level. Exactly. And I think enough NBA players are, you know, close-knit enough. I mean, we saw KD and Jason Tatum working out, mm-hmm. like, during the middle of these trade rumors with KD. You have the opportunity to get this done. Yeah, no. They're... You don't need a pro-am to work this out. No, just hit up a bunch of guys, and everybody's got the money to go p- Go wherever you're going to play. So, yeah, I think. it's just. I can agree on that. It's just 100%. interesting to try and. Because I get it. And I know they don't want to stop. Yeah, it's this. just like last summer. I was playing pickup games with Keldon. You know, like twice a week. I know. Which was awesome. It was amazing for everybody in the gym. But, like, could you imagine if something happened to Keldon while we were playing? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I'm what I'm saying. I'm guessing that's with people he trusts, though. You know, he knows you're not going to go and, like, do anything stupid. Yeah. The problem with the Pro-Am Leagues is you don't know who you can trust. Like, just... It's incredible that these players do this, and it took, literally, the number two overall pick in the draft injuring himself for us to kind of bring the attention that it needs. Mm-hmm. But... It is attention nonetheless, good, bad, or indifferent. Hey, San Antonio Sports Star, we're going to be out at Cricket Wireless today from 12 to 2 as they are giving you the chance at the ultimate tailgate. Score Weber, Weber Grills, cash, even tickets to the Dallas Cowboys, and more. Join them today from 12 to 2. Low sessions will be out at the Cricket Wireless at 2393 Northwest Military Highway. Get your chance to win some tickets to see the Dallas Cowboys, Weber Grills, and much, much more. That's Cricket Wireless at 2393 Northwest Military for your chance to win the ultimate tailgate. Coming back, though, as we talk tailgates, as we talk the Dallas Cowboys, we talk about the preseason, what we saw, or more importantly, what we didn't see in the preseason from the Dallas Cowboys. That's coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. San Antonio Sports Star on the go. Get the latest news, podcast, and more at sasportstar.com. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. Don't forget, join Low Sessions out at Cricket Wireless today, 2393 Northwest Military Cricket Wireless. Chance to win some Dallas Cowboys tickets, score the ultimate tailgate. That is from 12 to 2 today. Guys, we talked about 
whether players should be playing or not in pro-ams, what about other games that don't matter? What about the preseason? This is different. Mm, yeah. Is it different? It's different. Explain how it's different. Well, in the terms of, like, like we were saying, mm-hmm. you're playing guys you're going to see every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And with some quarterbacks not or all other the guys, not well, yes, but you know what I'm saying. And also, like preseason is a lot for the starters. Anyways, you're playing like ten snaps. Yeah, couple series. So way different. And it's very surprising to me that like Aaron Rodgers and Dak have not played. Because their skill positions, mo- mainly receivers, look way different than they did last year. I can understand so when getting, things are status quo. Yeah. So getting some rapport with those guys, I feel, would be quite important. But all the players do say, the starters, you get way more out of the joint practices mm-hmm. than you ever do in 10 snaps in a, a preseason game. So. It's, you know, to each their own in terms of teams letting their guys play. But Tom Brady's playing today. Tom is playing. Josh yes. Allen played. Which is weird. Patrick Mahomes played. He's got a whole new cast of That's what I'm saying. Him. Like, he needs to play and get rapport with those guys. I'm very surprised that Dak has not played a single snap yet because his only returning viable receiver that has caught a touchdown in the NFL is CeeDee Lamb. So you would think... Simi Fajoko cut a cut touchdown last night. He did. He did catch a touchdown last night. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll catch several this year. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, you think his spot on the roster is safe. I do, yeah. I think that Simi has absolutely done enough. I Okay. You're telling me, uh, do we want to put out Noah Brown, who's played pl- five seasons... And hasn't caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Or Sammy Fajoko, who's in his second season and hasn't caught a touchdown. I'm going with Simi because there's a lot more to be untapped by that guy than the guy who's been around for five seasons. Fair enough. Yeah. And it's not like Noah Brown hasn't played. He's played, a, you know, not a significant amount, but... It's been pretty significant. Yeah, he's played a bunch. So, yeah, I think Simi's probably... If you're excluding, you know, Gallup and James Washington, who we won't see for the, you know, for the first couple weeks, especially James Washington, he's probably sitting there at the third or fourth receiver. Okay. So, yeah, I would, I think he's absolutely going to be on the roster. I look at preseason. Differently than the programs, obviously, because they are playing against guys that they'll likely, especially when the starters come in. Yeah, they're not playing late into the fourth quarter no. against the guys that aren't going to make. They're the playing roster. the first two offensive series. Yeah. yeah, and they're playing against either starters or immediate backups. Yeah, for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. I also believe there is something in building game rep reports. Like, yeah, you can say that we get more out of the joint practices, but it's different. It's different. No, yeah, I completely agree. And it's going through the routine of getting to the stadium, getting your pregame uh-huh. down. The huddles. Everything. Yeah. And working with the offensive line, mm-hmm. which especially the offensive line, because n- 
every offensive lineman I've ever talked to, every coach I've ever talked to, said that that is like a scripted dance. Mm-hmm. Like they, there is so much footwork and continuity that goes into the offensive line. Oh yeah. So why do you think Dak isn't hasn't played in preseason? Like why would considering all of the things you just said, why would they hold him out? I have a little theory. Fear? Yeah. Th- fear of injury. Well, fear of injury, but or what if he has like a really mild strain that they're not trying to put out there to the media yet cuz they don't want him targeted as somebody who's has a mild strain? Do you think that could be it? Like maybe there's something going on if that it, we just don't know about? If it is, that's that's an issue in itself because yeah. last year he had the the shoulder injury and put me in a mental hospital. And then <laughs> if that's the case. After Dak never looked right again. No. After suffering he that was half strain last year. The best not like in terms of like best best but he was putting up the best numbers mm-hmm. in the league before he got hurt mm-hmm. that calf injury he never looked the same again yeah and so i'd love to inject him with truth serum to find out katie don't ever say anything like that okay i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> one first slap one first slap <laughs> i'll do 10 push-ups <laughs> i i i get the why Tom Brady wants to do it, why certain pros do want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I get why others don't, but at the same time, while Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs, remember, week one, he looked awful Yeah. Last year. Oh, yeah. He looked horrible last year. because he hadn't gone down to Peru yet. <laughs> that ayahuasca? Yeah. <laughs> hadn't. Drank the magic elixir yet. His he didn't have all those awakening. hands on his body. Mm-hmm. His third eye had not been opened yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do not remember last year's preseason well enough. Did Dak play at all last year? No, he didn't play at all last year because he had literally just gotten to 100% that ankle, that from ankle the ankle. Injury. And yeah. then he was dealing with the tired shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. he, he did not play last year. So it's not it's, – I'm not mad about it. And he balled out it. in that first game against Tom Brady. Yeah, he did. I'm not mad about it. It's not upsetting to me that Dak hasn't played. It just – as a team that looks so different mm-hmm. on the offensive side, you would think there would be some live game reps. And I there. had zero issue with – Zeke not playing in the preseason yeah. because that was something different to me. Mm-hmm. But the fact with the offensive line and as different as it is and the receivers yeah. as different as it, they are, mm-hmm. I thought Dak would need to get some kind of reps. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's strange to me that he hasn't played. I'm not mad about it because, you know, Dak... Don't get hurt. Put yeah. him in bubble wrap. Yeah, get him literally. In week one. Yes. Also, the entire idea of fear of injury like from a psychological perspective is really not conducive as an athlete like you know like I, I understand it I do but like in reality when you go into those situations you really can't have that fear because you're just yeah. like, attracting that I don't think it's fear on Dak it's I not think fear, it's fear on, on Dak's part Cowboys. yeah it's the it's the front office that and the coaching staff I don't think Dak I would ever hate, I would hate that from the coaching staff I would hate for them to have that but there's something fear. too about playing at half speed in mm-hmm. a sense, yeah. Of injuries are more frequent when you're trying not to get injured. Yeah, and right, the main, exactly. The main Case goal of the preseason is 
don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest, it is. Starters, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, it definitely is. So it, Sports across the board, if you can make it through preseason, then you have a good chance. But if not, good luck. It's a, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, like you just said, the whole main goal of preseason is, you know, it, it's not for the starters. It's for the guys who are trying to make, you know, the last roster spot, the mm. practice team, right. stuff like that. But, and you're not trying to get your starters injured in any sense. But, like we said, Dak needs, you know, rapport with these guys. And practice is different. different. It's night and day different. So, And I, we can say that across the board. Practice was always different from game. Yeah. 100%. It was never the same. I'm, we had joint practices mm-hmm. in high school as well. Like, we'd get together with teams before the season started and just kind of get some scrimmage work in, I guess you could call it. It's different. Mm-hmm. There's no experience like game experience because you're under the pressure of different people. Like you learn to read people on your own team because you've played with them. And so as like, much as you want to recreate it as a coach, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. You just have to put yourself in all those random situations that come up in games. She is Katie Goodman. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. Taking a look at the rest of the preseason, though, what has surprised you across the NFL that you've seen? It's going to be very interesting, plus Tyron Smith's injury. What does it mean for the Cowboys? How should they address it? All that more coming up next here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. It's Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Will, Max, and I get you through the break lights weekday mornings at 5 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM, AM 1250, com. He's Jack Thompson. She's Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. Follow us on Twitter. He is, for the time being, at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. She is at I'm Katie Goodman. I'm Katie Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the preseason comes to a conclusion this weekend. All of a sudden, we are just a little more than a week away from the start of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. We've seen some people play. Yeah. We've seen other people not, obviously, as we just got done talking about. What takeaways have you taken from the preseason this year? Because um, there's always something to garner. Yeah. I'm concerned with the Cowboys' offensive line. Definitely. Oh, you're talking about it doesn't matter Cowboys where. specific? No. I'm I'm concerned with Davis Mills. Yeah, you are? He led two touchdown drives, mm-hmm. uh, one right before the half mm-hmm. against uh, in his final drive against the Los Angeles Rams, and the other one took him until the third quarter of this last preseason game against the 49ers. I feel better about the defense. Yeah. They've been getting pressure like well, crazy. Braden Cooks hasn't been playing, right? No, he has Well, not. that, you know, he helps a lot. A lot. <laughs> I really, I'm really excited about Damian Pierce. Yeah, oh, yeah. Damian Pierce, stud. We called that the day after the draft. Right? But, I mean, I, I have... Certain concerns about Davis Mills, though, and mm-hmm. 
Because what happens if Brandon Cooks gets hurt? That's, which is entirely possible. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I have questions about the Cowboys' offensive line. For sure. I feel really, really good. Probably better than I should. Because I remember when I was talking about the loss of Tyreek Hill and maybe being addition by subtraction? Mm-hmm. It looks like addition by subtraction for the Chiefs, man. That offense... Oh, when yeah. Pat's been in the game, has just bam, Humming. bam, bam. Yeah. Like, he understands where to go with the football. He's not trying to extend plays yeah. and make the big one. And it's impressive. Oh, yeah. Patty's going to show out this year for sure. And for that fact, Josh Allen also looks really, really yep. good, too. Another yep. year in, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills look like that offense is just on a level right mm-hmm. now. And it is seamlessly moving down the field in a yeah. lot of instances. Oh, yeah. That's a tough team, man. If he doesn't start week one, he's starting very soon. Kenny Pickett, I believe. Oh, yeah. Kenny Pickett's taking that job. He's sure. looked like the truth. Yeah, he's looked really good. George Pickens has looked really good, too. Yeah, George Pickens looks good. Uh, Sam Howell... For the commanders. He has looked has very looked pretty impressive. good. And, you know, Carson Wentz tends to not look, look like Carson good. Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam Howell could be gunning for that. Um The Texans won all three preseason. They games. did. That defense looks like it's on a different level this year. Mm-hmm. Derek Stingley's looked impressive. Jalen Pete I'm gonna get me a Jalen Petrie jersey. Nice. A five is my favorite number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get a Micah jersey for sure. B, he looks impressive. Mm-hmm. Nah, he he really does. Uh, I think, also going back to the commanders from what I've seen. Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is going to eat a chunk of that role away from Antonio Gibson. So And as, now, now they have Antonio Gibson returning kicks. As we talk about fantasy football... Don't overdraft Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. because it looks like his role will be diminished to yeah. some extent. Mm-hmm. He may be closer to a Tony Pollard this year yeah. than what he's been. What else? Kellen Mond's look. Kellen Mond, yeah, has, he had one solid drive, but you, then they went out and they got um, Nick Mullins. Mullins, there you go, Nick Mullins. From San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, Kellen Mond kind of suffers from that Sam Darnold, icy ghosts effect. I feel like he just looks like a deer in the headlights sometimes, man. He looks like man. a deer in the headlights. Another thing with Kellen Mond that, that's, and this was the problem at A&M with him, too. Mm-hmm. He will do exactly what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Nothing more. No, yeah. And... It, it it feels like he feels robotic, mm-hmm. like from from his drop back to his the way he goes through everything just feels robotic. And the thing is, the dude is so athletic. He's so fast. He looks like he's thinking the entire time yeah. he's on the field. Nothing just yeah, nothing is natural. It's all like calculated thinking, which gets never, in the way. Never works out. Yeah. <clears throat> what else? So what is the game? So Geno Smith is the starter for the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Well, after Drew Locke gave away that game yesterday, <laughs> two picks. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, not horribly surprised. So the Seahawks are going to be really good. Oh yeah. 
So good. <laughs> so, so good. I am underwhelmed by Trey Lance from what I've seen. So yeah, far. I too am underwhelmed by Trey Lance, and which is sad because I very much want Debo, but I don't like to draft receivers, especially that I do not trust their quarterback, no matter how good they are. Well, I'm sad because I... I was a huge proponent of Trey Lance coming out of the draft. The thing is, like, he's only thrown, like, 350 passes in the f- past, like, four years. Like, it's crazy the uh, limited he reps he barely had. played last year. I think he got in for, like, one game. Yeah, he didn't play the year before at all. all. Yeah, I think he had one game. And they th- played the opener and shut it down. Mm-hmm. And then... I think there was an injury the year yeah, before that. Yeah, he got hurt the year before. So he, I, I still have confidence in him to you know turn it around and look good. But it's just he needs so many reps. How hard is it to get up to speed when you aren't doing it? Uh, extremely. <laughs> extremely I, hard. I mean, the ability to basically make things happen and and get into a just a rhythm mm-hmm. even when a you're on the bench yeah b you didn't even play yeah and c you've gone through an i mean you're talking about three years of almost zero activity yeah that's a tough thing to bounce back from isn't it yeah, no very yeah. oh very yeah not just physically, but mentally. Yeah. Like having I, I all of say that more, history. More so mentally than physically. Because yeah. he's got all the gifts to be one of the best in the league. Yeah, he's got every gift. But falling by it, because especially, and I'm glad you bring up mentally, because yeah, not only is it the adjustment from college to the NFL after a year off mm-hmm. from COVID, is the adjustment from college to the NFL from FCS level college where he is playing at North Dakota State mm-hmm. against lesser competition it's, so is it is a jump in scheme it mm-hmm. is a jump in talent it is a jump in everything that he's having to adjust to I what? feel like that's where injuries happen yeah because you're doing more than you're you think you have to, to. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah and more than you think you have to yeah that's a solid point what gives me hope, though, is when Josh Allen came in the league, that dude was not very good. It took it a, was not. He took him two seasons. Came out of Wyoming. Yeah. Took him two two seasons, and then everyone was like, here we go. There like, it is. There. He had all the gifts in the world. Yeah. It just, you got to get used to it. So I think, I think it'll happen for him, but it may take longer than the 49ers want and longer than is expected. Comes down to player development. Mm-hmm. And again, avoidance of injury. And that's also a team that is trying to win, win a Super Bowl now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have some of the best players in the league on their team on both sides of the ball. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Yeah. George Kittle. Brandon so, Ayuk apparently has taken a huge step. Yeah. Here. So that's a team that's trying to win now. And patience is a virtue. And that's not something they can really afford right now with what they've got. Fair. Um, as it pertains to the Dallas Cowboys, we look ahead to the Tyron Smith injury. How do they handle that moving forward? 
what do they do? Should they look to free agency? Should they look to the roster cutdowns? Or are the options in-house? We'll discuss that next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM and AM 1250. This is Paul Feinbaum on San Antonio and South Texas's strongest sports station, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. Seven minutes to a nap. <laughs> right there. We are on our way out the door. Thank you for joining us here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. Jack, tell me about Tommy Coos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say what I just said again. He is the new Jeff Ledbetter of the Austin Spurs. It, minus... About a foot of hair. He's the same guy. He's, you know. For those of you that don't know, the San Antonio Spurs signed Tommy Coos the other day. And they made official this signing of Elise Johnson. But Tommy Coos, we're trying to kind of break him down in the break. And Jack had the best analogy in terms of he is the new David Ledbetter. Because... For those that don't know, Ledbetter was basically an Austin Spur legend. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. never going to leave Austin. You were never going to see him in San Antonio. No. But he was just a G League star. Yeah. He's a guy that'll make your you know, your he draftees is, he, better on the on the you know, the lower team. He is a white dude with a man bun. No, he's bald. No, oh, you're led better. Led better. Oh, yeah. No, nah, he was a white dude with a ponytail. He had long hair. He had a man bun. He had a ponytail. He had a bunch of different mm-hmm. looks that he went through. And Ledbetter can hoop, too. He was just never going to be He's not an, an NBA, NBA player. player. What made him so good for the G League but not good enough for NBA? Athleticism. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't good. guard anybody. But he was a pass-first point guard. He's going to get the buckets. guys that need... Well, not even that. He could get buckets for sure. But his job was making the young guys who are going to be NBA players look better. better. Getting them open, you know, running the team, stuff like that. Getting them in the right situation on Teaching the court. them how to be a pro off the court. That's That was his job, and he was great at it. That's mm-hmm. why he was an Austin Spur for so long. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know. All right, so Tyron Smith. Oh, Lord. <laughs> In case you haven't heard and you've been under a rock, uh, the dude's hamstring came off the bone, and we won't see him until at least December. Mm-hmm. My guess would be at all. Yeah. You don't think we see him at all? Not this year. Why push it? You've already missed most of the season. Like it's pretty hard playoffs. to show up. Well, if if you're in the playoffs and you're playing well, yeah. that usually means the offensive line has done well, right? That's true. But yeah. I, and why would you want to break up that continuity if they have gained have that continuity through the He game? don't have to start, but True. people got to come off the field at some point. True. Offensive linemen usually don't, though. That's fair. He could, you know, put him in. He can be our swing tackle. He comes back. <laughs> Tyron, we got a new role for you. <laughs> Just to, you know, get him out there. Stay but, if, and I look at this team in terms of 
Tyler Smith was drafted to be the to be the future replacement of Ty, uh excuse me. Tyler Smith was drafted to be the future replacement of Tyron, Tyron Smith. Smith. Yes. So might as well just expedite that right yeah, now. Yeah. Just you gotta roll with what you got. Connor McGovern was reportedly leading at the guard competition at left guard anyway. Mm-hmm. You put Tyron and McGovern out there. Mm-hmm. You hit the cut down extremely hard. Yeah. Or I imagine, I imagine Eric Fisher isn't coming in mm-hmm. outside of a starting job. Yeah. So hitting free agencies not probably the way to go. Mm-hmm. A lot of the better guys are probably looking and waiting for an injury of yeah. some sort, much like. Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the future is now. Yeah. And if the future is now, let it play out. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Because you got... You, you took him in the first for a reason. Trial, baptism by fire. Yeah. Right? You took him in the first for a reason. Just play him and deal with what comes with that. I mean, you were going to play... You were going to force him at guard... When just he, because you took him in the first. Yeah, exactly. So now just play him at his natural position and let him develop. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you can probably free up some money off the cap Yeah. with Tyron Smith after the fact mm-hmm. if Tyler Smith proves to be what, yeah. what you drafted him to be, yes, right? Absolutely, yeah. If this doesn't work, though. There's a lot of reasons this season for the Dallas Cowboys. And we've got about one minute. It feels like they're set up for failure for Mike McCarthy. There's a team that didn't do anything in the offseason for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's a team that is continuing to push the narrative of Zeke Elliott is the focal point of this offense. Mm -hmm. They have lost weapons around Dak. Prescott without replacing him it seeming mm-hmm. and now on the offensive line you had no true plan in place for the inevitable demise of Tyron Smith yeah it feels like this is a season fed- set up for failure for Mike McCarthy and they've made it better for Dan Quinn for I was gonna say the uh, inevitable run at Sean oh Payton. no I think there's an inevitable run at Peyton but the only thing we've done this year is add players to the defense. defense. So maybe it is Dan Quinn. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star every Saturday morning from 7 to 9. It's our new time, yep. new date. Football season. We're going to get you all kinds of ready for all the early oh, games. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, college football starts today. today. Big 10. Big 10 football on your TV. This has been the Saturday Morning Hangover.